Hello and welcome to Love Mondays Club podcast. I'm your host Helen and I'm here to help you unravel the mysteries of marketing so that you can get more eyes on your business and make more sales. This is the ultimate podcast for online female business owners who are ready to conquer their overwhelm, discover their confidence and unlock the secrets to marketing success. Whether you're just starting out or already running a thriving business, Love Mondays Club is your compass to navigate this ever-changing digital world. Each episode, I'll bring you valuable insights, expert interviews, and practical strategies to help you stand out in a crowded online marketplace. It's time for you to dream big and succeed. I want your Mondays to be overflowing with inspiration, excitement, and setting the stage for you achieving your dreams. So if you're ready, cozy up in your favorite spot and get ready to unlock your business potential. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. So I'm kind of continuing on with the theme from last week where we were talking about accountability and showing up and your messaging and talking about the visibility challenge that we're running inside Love Mondays Club at the moment during March. So what I wanted to talk to you about today was copywriting tips to help you improve your messaging. This is something we've all been talking about inside Love Mondays Club a lot recently because your messaging and you know what we put out there on social media is so important. It, it needs to be curated in a really specific way because ultimately the words we say, the messaging that we put out there, it really has the power to attract and repel our ideal clients. And that's a good thing. Like we always say, we don't want to be vanilla. We want to be right things that, you know, our ideal client looks at it and thinks, oh my goodness, this is my person. They're going to really get me. I can really relate to them. I want to work with them. And then there are going to be other people who think, "Mm, not really my vibe, you know, not really sort of how I work or operate, or that's not kind of how I feel about things. Maybe they're not the person for me. And that's absolutely fine. You know, the aim of the game is not that we want to serve every single person on earth. We just want to serve the person who, you know, the people who we really get on with. And the kind of clients, like I say, who make us feel like, oh my goodness, I'm so lucky to do this as my job. You know, I really love this and really enjoy it. And, you know, the kind of clients as well that give you that energy, you know, when you come off a call or you come come away from spending time with them and you feel like they light you up and fill you with inspiration. Those are the kind of people that we want to work with. So I've got some little tips for you. Just five quick tips today talking about how you can improve your messaging. And, you know, this is a, this is a whole big training in itself, but these little tips should just hopefully get you started. So let's dive straight in. So number one is this whole thing of don't use the royal we in your business, especially if it's just you. Now, don't get me wrong. You might have like a team around you. Maybe you've got like a virtual assistant or, you know, other people that help and support you in your business. But what I always say to my clients is like, if you are the main person who's delivering the service, like ultimately, if somebody signs up to work with you and you're the person they're going to be interacting with the most, take ownership of that. You know, use I, talk about, you know, how you are the one delivering that service. Because I know for lots of us listening to this podcast, you know, we tend to be kind of in the education, training, coaching sort of space. You know, we're all in that kind of person service-based business. And so really what people are doing is they're buying into us. They're buying into that experience experience of working with us or working with you specifically listening to this. So you want to make sure that your audience know that and they're aware of it. Now, 
of course you can use like we and us if you're talking about like your community so for example quite often when I talk about Love Mondays Club I might refer to us as we and us because you know we are a group of people and we do often work collaboratively like for example the day I'm recording this podcast yesterday we had our accountability call for the week and a few people wanted were requesting some extra training and one of our members had lots of experience with it it was to do with an online platform for creating courses and so you know within the community we will then sort of organize an extra training you know community members will work together on this and come together that to me has been one of the proudest things I've built inside Love Mondays Club is this amazing group of women who do work together so you know in that context I will talk about we and us because I'm really proud of that but then when I'm talking about maybe like the training and things like that that goes on or the coaching then I'll use the word I because it is me that's delivering it so think about you and your business and how it works and how people work with you what sort of experiences people have in in that context I know sort of previously a lot of people sometimes use we and us to, to make them sound like a bigger company but that's actually not necessarily a good thing you know a lot of people might want that more personal touch and if that's what you're delivering that's what you want to make really clear for people. Okay, so that's tip number one. Think about whether it's we, us, I, you. Think about those types of words that you're using in your vocabulary and your messaging. So the next one is to think about when you're writing your messaging or your posts or things that go out on social media. One tip that I always give my clients is to think about speaking to only one individual person, not everyone. Because again, it goes back to that thing that we were saying at the beginning, doesn't it? If you try and speak to everybody, if you're trying to appeal to everybody, then ultimately things start to feel a bit bland, a little bit vanilla. And we want to make sure that, you know, when our ideal client is reading things, that they really feel like they're being spoken to directly. I also think having this kind of approach to it can really give you a lot more inspiration and actually give you a lot more confidence around what you want to say. So I know, you know, for example, with this podcast, if I ever sit here and try and think to myself, what does everyone want to hear about this week? I feel totally overwhelmed by that because I can probably think of about a hundred different podcast episodes that I can create. And then I get, you know, like the, the paralysis of too much choice. What should I do? What should I pick? And I find that really difficult. So quite often when I, you know, when I do these podcasts or when I write stuff on social media, I tend to base it on conversations I've had very recently with my clients. So I'll often think about maybe one individual client and a conversation I had with them, think about like what were their pain points, what were they finding difficult? And then almost, you know, this episode or or you know, a post I put on social media becomes like a dedication to them as you know all the content is for them. It can also really help you if, for example, you want to start going live or you want to start doing more live video. Because again, I remember when I first started going live on social media, you know, I almost had this image of like, oh my goodness, gonna be all these people watching me. This is terrifying. The heartbreaking truth of it is perhaps if you're only just getting started, not many people will be watching live, which is is kind of a strange double-edged sword because one, you're kind of scared of loads of people watching you. But then when you do go live and not many people watch you, you feel disappointed. (laughs) So you can't win, you know? So that's why I always say to my clients, look, it's best just to get going with this stuff and you'll find your groove, you know, and you'll find what works for you. But from a sort of confidence point of view, what I always say to my clients is, right, when you're sat there looking at the camera, one, don't stare at yourself too intently like it can feel a bit weird you're watching yourself on the screen but what I always imagine again if I'm having a bit of a wobble if I'm feeling a little bit nervous or also if I'm just feeling you know like I don't really know what I want to talk about precisely I'll imagine that client is just stood on the other side of the camera and I'm just having a chat with them and again we we know that feeling don't we you know when you've watched some live videos that people have done 
And it does honestly feel like you're just sat there, like listening to them chatting to you. And then other people, it can sometimes feel a bit like it's a bit of a rehearsed speech, you know, and it feels a bit more clunky almost. And generally I find, you know, to get that conversational tone flowing, it's got to be that you almost literally feel like you genuinely are having a conversation with somebody. So just imagine that great client of yours is sat on the other side of the camera. They've asked you a question about something. Hit live, off you go. Just explain it to them. Just give them the answer. If, of course, that's the type of content that you're planning on creating. So that was tip number two. Think about only speaking to one person, not everyone when it comes to your messaging. The next one, tip number three, is to tell stories. This has become a very popular thing inside copywriting now. You'll see lots of people talking about this online. And ultimately, you know, as humans, we love stories, don't we? We're, we're all, you know, all the things we, we reread and we watch on TV and everything else, it's all storytelling. So this is something that you can also incorporate into your marketing as well. Now, ultimately, what you want to do with storytelling is showing a transformation because that's what most of our clients are looking for. That's why they come and work with us. They're looking for some kind of transformation. And and if you're not sure about that, I actually really recommend you go away after this episode and, and maybe just write a list, you know, like, what are my clients looking for? What's the transformation? Like, what, what are the problems they come to me with? What do they want me to help them solve? And then most importantly, what's the outcome for them? Like, what are they trying to gain from this and that's going to be different and unique for all of us here this as well for example when you're showing reviews you know quite often like reviews are fantastic social proof is such a great way of like showcasing our skills but if we just copy and paste or screenshot a review and plonk it on the screen, it doesn't really have much context for the people reading it. So actually it can kind of lose the impact that it can have on persuading people to work with us. So what I always recommend to my clients to do is to tell the story around it. So, you know, because the review, all that's really showing is the outcome at the end. So tell people like, who was this person who came to you? What position were they in? What were they finding difficult? You know, what did you do to help them overcome it? Because what you want is for the people who are reading the story and reading this transformation to kind of, especially the first bit, read it and think, oh my goodness, you know, I can really relate to that. Like, I don't feel confident with that or I don't, I also don't know how to do that or whatever else. I might be in the same situation. So we want our, the people reading these stories to see themselves in it. Like, that's always the main thing with the messaging. Everyone has, your, your ideal client has got to see themselves in your stories and in your messaging. So what we're going to do then is show the transformation and show you know where they started and what the end is and give that that uh, context to your reviews so that's tip number three tip number four now this is something when I wrote this I felt a slight bit of hypocrisy here but I'm working on it (laughs) is to try and be concise so I always say this, you know, with social media, we have really short attention spans. You know, really, we we spend about three seconds kind of looking at something as we scroll through. So we need our text to be nice and concise, nice and snappy, and really easy for people to just take in, absorb and understand what the key message is really quite quickly from what we're trying to say. Now, hooks are great for grabbing people's attention. Your second line should kind of, you know, reel them in a little bit more and give them a bit more context to it. But ultimately, we don't want to beat around the bush too much. Think about like experimenting with this. Think about, you know, like how long are my posts am I putting out there? If you've been putting out really long posts, why not experiment and try to do some short little snappy ones and just see what that does to your engagement? You know, think about what are your calls to action that you're putting through there? Because if people have to read, you know, a few hundred words before they finally get to like the, the call to action or the outcome or what they're meant to be doing, 
we might lose them quite quickly if if they're not sort of willing to read all the information so think about like where your calls to action are going how long it takes people to get to the main point of what you're trying to say And, you know, the way to do this to be concise is to kind of write out your post. Don't worry about writing, you know, being concise when you first get started. This is kind of the rules of editing, you know, like just dump all your ideas down. I have a Google Doc where I like scribble things and ideas. And then I go back and I edit it, cut out, I aim to cut out maybe 30 to 50% of it, like cut it in half, cut it in half, cut it in half. And just, yeah, as I say, make it as concise and snappy as possible. And just actually one, I'm going to throw in an extra little quick tip here for you. Um, This wasn't on the list, but I'll, I'll put in because it helps with the concise side of things is to make sure that you are also breaking up your sentences so this breaks all of the english grammar rules of how we write paragraphs but really each sentence should be a a line on itself or, or a paragraph by itself The reason for this is because it makes it so much easier to read as we're scrolling through social media. When we see big blocks of text, it's much more difficult to read. It looks really busy on our small screens. And like I say, people have got really short attention spans on social media. And if we put any level of like barrier in the way for them, it's gonna make them disengage and scroll on and miss what we're trying to say. So I really please emphasize trying to break up your text and making it as accessible and easy and concise for people to read. The last tip for our copywriting and messaging is to please stop copying and pasting from ChatGPT. <laughs> people are becoming very discerning to this. You know, they they know, they recognize it now, especially, you know, for those of us who spend a lot of time on ChatGPT, you can really see the style. It's very American for a start. The way they kind of use the emojis and scatter them through that kind of really over-exaggerated use of like, you know, hyperboles and language and things like that. And don't get me wrong, it's great. You know, ChatGPT is great. I probably use it every day in my business, but I don't use it as my marketing tool to do all my writing for me. I use it as my kind of, my brain has gone blank. I'm very busy. I don't know what to write about give me some prompts, give me some ideas. Or, you know, maybe if there's something, yeah, I'm trying to create or trying to write and I want to play around with the wording, I'll say to ChatGPT, can you give me 10 variations of this sentence or this idea or whatever it might be? That is perfect. That is exactly what ChatGPT is for. But the main thing I would say to my clients is use it as a guide, but take it and edit it. Edit, edit, edit. You know, almost going back to what we were saying about point before about being concise. ChatGPT, I find, is often also not very concise. You know, it's quite wordy. And, you know, like I said, that use of like over-exaggerated language. So take the script or whatever it is that you've created in ChatGPT, edit it, make it concise, cut out the words that you think I would never use this. You know, if I was doing a live video, would I be using these types of words in my vocabulary? If you don't, get rid of it because it's not that's not part of your branding that's not part of your messaging and also just be really conscious of like the emojis it's using as well I'm giving away lots of tips here I've just thought of another one I'm going to throw in for you about emojis so one thing I always say to my clients when it comes to your branding is pick out maybe five or ten emojis that you like to use and just use those ones consistently so I've got about I've got like a little list of ten I've got them kind of written down somewhere and I just consistently use those over and over again and I don't tend to deviate away from them too 
too much. The reason being is because your messaging is your branding. It's what makes you recognizable. So somebody actually said to me the other day, they said, Helen, whenever I see a little palm tree emoji, it always makes me think of you. That's on purpose. You know, like Love Mondays Club, part of my branding is palm trees because, you know, it's that image of like freedom and all those sorts of things that, that I associate with and lots of my clients associate with. And so I consistently use that little palm tree emoji everywhere and not not just because of what it represents, but also because of a branding point of view as well. So I really recommend as well, ChatGPT will throw emojis in there for you. But again, look at them and think, do I ever use that? You know, do I ever use that in my writing? If not, get rid of it. And also again, ChatGPT often like doubles up emojis. And again, that's a very clear sign to me. For example, let's say it's like a title. It has two emojis kind of either side of the title and each of the emojis is different as well. That for me is always like an obvious copy and paste from ChatGPT. This is, you know, this is this whole thing about getting your uniqueness out there and just practicing with your messaging. But I'm certainly not saying don't use ChatGPT because we all use it and it's an amazing, powerful tool and and we should be using it actually because it's a huge time saver. But it's just about using it in the right way that's effective and going to really help you with your messaging. I hope you have found this episode really helpful. I'm at, you know, I'm sat here and my brain is buzzing. I could give you a million other tips, I think, around copywriting, uh, but I'm going to stop the episode here. But inside Love Mondays Club, we also have loads of training around copywriting. I give you example of templates you can use. But one thing I always say to my clients, though, is that, again, use these templates as guides. But one thing we're really practicing inside Love Mondays Club during March, during this visibility challenge, is actually people finding their own flow, finding their own voice, finding their own messaging, practicing that, perfecting it and finding their own routine. Because in reality, I certainly know that within our community, I don't want to be giving everyone a kind of quote unquote blueprint and saying, follow this, do the exact same thing every day and you'll get results because that doesn't really work. You know, again, we're all different. We're all unique. We all have different kind of amounts of time that we can commit to these sorts of things. So you've got to find your own style. And that's what a lot of today's tips have been about is helping you to kind of, you know, expand and improve your messaging, but also play around and experiment with what works for you. So if you want any more help with copywriting, or if you want to come join in with our visibility sprint, you're not too late. The way it's designed is that you can start at any point. We're not following a formula. I'm not telling you to do one post a day on a certain day. This has really got flexibility in it to make it work for you and your business. So never fear if you're listening to this thinking, Helen, I really need some help with my visibility and sales. I wish I could have joined in. I've missed the boat. You haven't. Don't worry. Just reach out to me. Drop me a message on social media. I'm at Love Mondays Club pretty much everywhere. So I'm hopefully quite easy to find. Uh, And I'd love to have a chat with you about how I can help you with your messaging and your visibility and making more sales in your business. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you very soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Love Mondays Club podcast. Don't forget to review and subscribe or share this episode with one of your business friends. Have a great week and I'll see you next Monday.